Welcome to the Pups That Play podcast. My name is Karen and I'm a pro dog trainer and fur mom and I will be your host throughout this journey. Together I'm going to be sharing with you training tips, tools, and strategies to help you create a well-mannered, calm, and confident family pet. The best part is we do it all through play. Around here our dogs are part of our family and we want them to live their best lives possible and have it be enjoyable for everyone involved. I am so excited to share today's episode with you, so let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of Pups That Play. So the topic that I'm going to go over today is actually really, really important. And I find, especially in today's day and age, it's something I hear more and more and more often. And I really want you to think about if this is you as well, is that there's just no time to train. Just no time to train my dog. You'd be like, I want to, I want to do the courses, I want to do the classes, I want to teach them these behaviors, I want to, you know, improve their behavior, but I just, I have no time. And we live in such a busy society and like just a busy way of life these days that I get it. But today I am going to show you how there actually is time, how you can still train your dog no matter how busy you are no matter how crazy and unpredictable your schedule is, and how training this way is actually going to get you better training results than you would even think. So think about it. Is it you? Are you just too busy to actually train your dog? Like you just, you want to train them and you want to go to classes, but you can't commit to it. It's not impossible. There is definitely hope. So to preface this, I actually want to share a little bit of a story with you guys. And it's about my middle dog, Bree. Well, she's not my middle dog anymore because we had to say goodbye to my older, my Sheltie Zeppelin. Um, But thinking back when I first got her. So when I got Zeppelin, my Sheltie years ago, he came to me with a lot of behavior problems. He had a little bit of a rough start in life and we had a lot of things to overcome with him. But when I had him, it was just me and my husband, who was still boyfriend at the time. I had all the time in the world to dedicate to that dog. I was able to take him to all the classes. We did agility classes. I did. I worked with him every day. I spent so much time with him. And over the years, it took time, but he became the best behaved dog I have ever had in my life. So I had this beautifully behaved Sheltie and then we decided we were going to get a puppy. And there was this little, tiny, crazy puppy that was available for adoption. She was from a Caribbean island and the minute I saw her, I fell in love with her and that is my dog, Breeze. And we adopted her and again, she was a puppy and puppies take a lot of work. It's kind of like having a baby. And it was still just my, well, fiance now at that point and I at the time, and we had Zeppelin, and then we adopted this little puppy Breeze. And again, I had so much time. Yeah, I worked a full-time job, but I still had time, and I did I did the puppy classes with her. I did sports foundations. I took her to all of Zeppelin's agility trials. She was out and about. She was so well socialized. She had such a good start in life, and she was just this beautiful, happy, 
friendly little dog that I could take anywhere as well. She had such a good start. She had like that perfect start in life that you would think of when you think of a puppy, getting a puppy. Well, life happens. We got married. I got pregnant. I had my daughter. It was really exciting. And then we ended up moving halfway across the country. We moved to a new place and time went on and I ended up going back to work. My daughter was in daycare full time. Life was very, very busy. We ended up adopting another dog. I got pregnant again. I had another kid. Years went by. And there came a day where I looked at Breeze and I realized that she was not this well-socialized, happy little dog anymore. She had developed a lot of problems. She became very unsocialized. She became quite reactive. She did not like new people coming into the house. She would growl and bark and even lunge at them. Um, Whenever I tried to take her somewhere, she was extremely stressed. She would get really freaked out about it. It was not an enjoyable experience for anybody. Um, I even, it, it hurts to say, but I took her to the dog park one time and there was a man and he reached out to her to pet her just because she's cute. And she lunged at him and went to bite him. And that was the day where I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened to my dog? And, you know, at that time, I just, I was, I looked and I was like, well, I, I didn't have time to train her. There was no time, no time to train. I was a busy mom. I was busy working. I had kids to take care of. I had four dogs at one point and I just, I, that's what I told myself. I'm like, well, there was no time. I had no time to take her out to socialize her. I had no time to take her to classes. I had no time to put in for the training that she needed and her behavior suffered for it. And I look back on it now and I feel very bad because there was time. There is always time. No matter how busy I was, there was always time and I didn't see it. But this is why I want to share this with you because I want to let you know that no matter no matter what, this doesn't have to be your reality. And even though she got to that point, we're fixing it. And we're doing it even, even with the crazy busy life that I still have because I still have two kids and they are now at the age where they're in a million activities and I'm on like three boards and I run a business and I am in charge of the house. I have a full-time working husband who's away a lot. And I have two dogs that need, that need training, but guess what? We fit it in and they have made so much more progress in the last few years than that time. And what I want you to let you know is that your dog is constantly being trained. They are always learning. The behavior is always moving, whether you are involved in it or not. Okay. Their behaviors that they do are either moving towards what you want They're either learning and doing the things that you want them to do, or they're slipping. And this also applies to if you had a dog and let's say you got a puppy and you took it to puppy class and they learned all the things and they did really, really well. And you thought, perfect. My dog's trained. I'm good. I don't have to do anymore. I'm sorry to break this to you, but that's, it's not, that's, that's what Breeze was. She was, I did it. I did all the things and she was perfect. And then we stopped and life got busy and I didn't do anything with her for years and her behavior 
shifted. It moved way down the line towards not what I wanted. Because the truth is that your dog is constantly being trained, whether you're involved or not, because the environment is constantly training your dog. So if training is happening at all points in time, you might as well be involved in it. You might as well be involved in that training so we can make sure the behaviors and the skills that they have are moving towards the way you want them to that they're learning the things that you want them to and not reinforcing the behaviors we don't want. And that's where today's concept comes in. And what that is called is net time. Now, this is something that actually comes from like the human personal development world. I I don't remember exactly who first coined the phrase and I don't remember exactly. It could have been Tony Robbins or somebody like that. But this concept applies perfectly to dog training as well. And what net time is, basically net stands for no extra time. Because that's where we are, right? If you were anything like me, you feel like you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off half the time and you're like, I have no time. I barely have time to fold the laundry and get my kids to their activities, let alone train my dog. Come on. But we can. We can train our dogs. We can train them to have the skills that we want while we're doing everything else. Okay, and that's where no extra time comes in. So no matter what you do, no matter what your schedule is like, there is always time because you can train when you have no extra time. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you're wanting to train boundaries with your dog. So boundaries are a really, really awesome thing that I recommend to everybody that I work with, which is basically your dog having a nice, safe place to go and stay and settle and be calm. It's a great skill. It's a great skill for building calmness, which is so important with our dogs. It's a great skill for, you know, if you have a dog that likes to jump up on people when they come in the door, if they have a good solid boundary, you can tell them to go to their boundary and wait to be released. They're not jumping up on your guests, which is wonderful. It's a safe place. You can take it out on the road with you. If there's a place that you can go to the vet, bring an old towel put it down on the floor, ask them to go boundary. And because they're doing a familiar behavior in an unfamiliar place, it actually makes your dog a lot calmer and more confident. There's so many reasons why we might want to train boundaries. So let's say that's something that you want to train, but you're like, I have no time. Well, let's train it while we're doing other things. So we can put a boundary, let's say in the kitchen. And while you are making dinner, you can, you know, put the pot of water on to boil Get your dog up on the boundary, reward, reward, release. Okay, now we're going to put the pasta in the water. Literally, these training snippets can be like 30 seconds at a time. It it does not have to be long. 30 seconds here, a minute there, whatever you can fit in while you're doing other things. Okay, maybe you, you know, your kids get up, you're, you got the busy stuff for the morning, you get your kids breakfast, you take your dogs out into the backyard to go to the bathroom. And while they're out there, you do a couple repetitions of a skill that you're teaching them. Okay, they go pee, you do the skill, ask them for it, reward, reward, go back in the house, pack the kids lunches, go out the door and start your day. Perfect. You just did more training. My kids are a prime example of this because my daughter will want to teach the dog something or do a behavior with them at the most random time. So for example, this morning we were getting ready. They had breakfast. I was packing their lunches. We're getting ready to go out the door. Avery just happened to see Evie sitting there. She put her hand out. Evie gave her paw and she goes, mommy, can we have some treats so I can reward Evie for doing paw? And I'm like, uh, sure. I 
gave them some cookies that she could give them. She had Evie do a couple repetitions of paw. She had Breeze do a couple repetitions of spin. She rewarded them. She got her snowsuit on. We went out the door. Literally took maybe 30 seconds, but it was reinforcing those behaviors. And you can do this with anything that you're wanting to teach your dog. You can do it at any time. Find those little pockets of time where you can just pause for 30 seconds or do something while you're doing something else and train your dog. A perfect example of this is when you take your dog for a walk, right? You have to take your dog for a walk. A lot of people have a daily walk or multiple daily walks worked in with their dog. That is an amazing time to work with your dog because you can be out on your walk and you can pause for a moment and run through a couple repetitions of sit stays or run through a couple repetitions of two paws on. You find a bench and get them to put two paws on it. Whatever you're teaching your dog, whatever you're working with them, recall. You can have them walking a little bit ahead. You can pause and recall them to you, reward them, and then continue on your walk. You're going to be out there walking your dog anyway. It's something you always already have slotted in your day. Use that time. Use it. Work while you're doing the other thing. And you might say to me, well, if I'm stopping to do all these little training sessions while I'm walking, we're not going to get as much walking done, so they're not going to burn as much energy. It's not going to be as beneficial. Not true. When we're working with our dogs, when we're training them, when we're getting them to think, when we're getting them to learn these behaviors, they're actually burning mental energy, which is just as tiring as that physical energy if not more so, but that's another topic for another day. (laughs) So I really, really challenge you to find these moments of time. You do not have to, you know, commit to that one hour class every Tuesday night to be able to train your dog. If you can't, that is okay. It is totally okay. You can train these behaviors. You can decide what you want to teach and you can work it into everyday life. And that is actually much more beneficial to your dog and to your training results then let's say you have a really really busy week and you're like okay I can't I can't I don't have time I don't have time but I have time on Saturday so I'm going to do nothing with my dog the entire week Saturday comes and I'm going to I have an hour we are going to train it doesn't work that way because I bet you anything you're going to get there with your dog you have that hour blocked off you're going to do your training your dog's going to burn out your dog, they training for an hour is just too, too long. Their brain shuts off. They get over aroused or they get bored and they just stop listening. And it's not as beneficial if you can fit it in two minutes here, five minutes there, 30 seconds there, wherever you can, that is going to click in their brain so much easier. They're not going to get burnt out. They're not going to get over aroused. They're not going to get overwhelmed. And then you actually see results a lot quicker. The other real bonus with this type of training, with net training, so no extra time training, is you actually create real world results much better because you are already training in your everyday life versus a kind of quote unquote set up training situation. All right, so I want you to think about it. If let's say you train your dog at home, And every time you like have a very structured training session, you're like, okay, we're going to train and you have a specific room that you go to and you know, you get the specific treats and you set it up a specific way and you stand a specific way. Dogs are really, really good at figuring these kind of routines out and they will know, oh, we're in training mode. We're going to train. 
and they will listen and they will do it and they will you might have a really really awesome session and then you finish it and you're like that was great we worked on recall and they came back to me every single time and it was wonderful and then you're out in the backyard or you're at the dog park and you call them and they are not coming to you because your dog gets really really good at figuring out okay I get rewarded and it's really good in this situation but not in these other ones. So when you're already working your training into your everyday life at random times and random locations while you're doing random things, they get much better at learning that behavior as a whole versus in only doing it in a specific situation. Or if you've ever been to obedience classes, let me know, like think about it if you've ever seen this because I've seen this quite, quite often. It'll be the person that they get to the class and their dog is just barking and they're crazy in the car and they clip the leash on and the dog pulls them like crazy into because they're so excited to be there for training and they get in there and then the dog heals perfectly. They're perfectly healing. They're listening to every single behavior. They're like the star student of that class. And then class is over and the person goes to exit and the dog like pulls them like crazy out to the car, like absolutely not listening to a word that they say. Because that dog has gotten really, really good at understanding that this is the situation that I listen in. This is what it's expected of me in this class. So I'm going to behave really, really well. But that knowledge, that learning, out the window when they're not in that class. So if you're already using the little tiny pockets of time that you can find throughout your day, you're already 10 steps ahead of the person that's only training when they go to that class or only training for a chunk of time once a week or whenever they can, you know, in their basement or in their living room or in their backyard or whatever it is. So I really, really, really want to challenge you to stop and think and be like, where, where can I find these tiny pockets of time? Or how can I work in training my dog while I'm already doing something that I have to do anyway? and start to do it. And this is where games-based dog training really, really shines. Because what we do with our game-based dog training, we have these games. They're quick. They're fun. They're very easy to fit in in these little moments, but they are teaching those critical skills and those concepts that we need our dogs to learn to have good manners in everyday life. And we can throw them in all over the place. There's a trainer that I've been following for years and years and one of her favorite places to train when she's teaching new behaviors is actually in the bathroom. Think about it. If you go to the bathroom, sometimes you're in there, you're on your phone. Sometimes it's the only place where you can get five seconds to yourself if you're a, a busy mom like me. That's, you know, sometimes the only moment I have. And also, I don't know about you, but half the time my dog follows me in there anyway. Keep a little pot of treats in there and work through something while you're in there, even if it's only for a minute or 30 seconds, because it's actually a great place to train because there's very, very few distractions in there. So a great place to teach new behaviors. When I let my dogs out for a pee, I always try to, you know, it's harder in the winter when there's a lot of snow and it's really cold, but especially in the summer, I always try to work in a couple repetitions of something that we're working on. Or when, you know, I've fed my kids, and I have a moment of quiet and they're not running around because they're busy because they're eating, I'll do a minute or two of something with my dogs. I try to throw it in wherever. And you know what? It doesn't always happen because life is crazy. But that doesn't mean I don't try. And I really, really want you to find those moments 
and to really, really try to work in those things. Even if it's 30 seconds, you want to have a tea in the evening, you put your kettle on to boil, takes a few minutes for that. Run through a couple repetitions of something you're working with your dog in the kitchen. Oh, your kettle's boiling, pour your tea. Go sit down and do what you needed to do. Congratulations! You trained your dog. And all those little micro moments of training that you're doing with them is helping move that needle in the direction you want it to go. It's helping move their behavior, their skills in the direction that you want versus them slipping to where you don't want it to be. So that is today's episode on how to still train your dog when you have absolutely no time to train through net training. So let me know what you thought about today's episode. You can find me on Instagram at Prairie Pups, sorry, at Prairie underscore Pups. You can find me on Facebook at Prairie Pups, or you can send me an email at any time at info at prairiepups.com. My name is Karen, and thank you so much for joining me for today's episode, and I can't wait to see you in the next one.